today changes my whole entire life. Welcome to Gritability, a podcast about the power of perseverance, overcoming seemingly insurmountable odds to attain the life of your dreams. I'm your podcast host, Adam Clausen, and with me in the studio is the beautiful and ever radiant Ro Clausen. Hello. Hello, hello. You are glowing again. I love this. I love being back in this studio. Me too. And it feels very comfortable today and definitely excited. We have a new friend with us, Sean Torrey in the house. What's up? What's up? Man, so happy to have you here today. Honored, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you both. Of course. Well, you definitely, you bring great energy uh, to the studio. From the time that we first met, I was like, man, we got to get this guy (laughs) on the show. (laughs) Appreciate that, man. No, it's uh, I'm thankful to be on the show since the the, t- the day we met, man. I'm like that climb, your story. I didn't even think about it after <laughs> that, that climb. He's talking about the mountain. Yes, I am. So normally, and I generally throw this out after the fact. I'm like, man, we need to go climb a mountain together. Right, right. But we've already done that. Yeah, we already did that. We already did it. So, and it's crazy because uh, a good friend of ours, Caleb. Um, shout out to Caleb. I know he came onto the show too. Um, he was like, hey, bro, because uh, we he's been trying to get into the gym with me forever because he sees me go like at 430 in the morning. And he's like, man, I was like, all right, let's go to the gym for real. And he's like, I'm actually going to climb this mountain. And I was like, all right, well, cool. I haven't done a hike in a minute. Let's go. I didn't even think twice about it. And that's when we met. And I was like, oh, man, all right, we're going to climb all the way up there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but it is because it's been so long. It's been a couple of years since I've climbed that, that high of a mountain. But your story kept me motivated. So I was like, oh man, I had, oh, I, don't even care, I didn't even care about the hike anymore as far as like the pain of it. So thank love you, man. That. Thank you for that. Well, I, I love the fact that we got you out there to do something that you haven't done in a while. Yeah. And that's really, that's what this is all about. It's about, you know, the challenges. Mm-hmm. We love talking about overcoming adversity. You know, that's our story. Uh, and anytime we meet someone, especially who's accomplished some pretty amazing things, I got to be honest, man, when I got your bio yeah. and I was reading it, I'm like, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, I'm Impressive. chilling. Impressive. Chilling. Yeah. I'm chilling. There's nothing but hustle, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm excited to unpack it too because I wasn't there for that hike. Yeah. So mm. yeah, man. I'm excited. That's right. You missed all the good stuff. Yeah. yeah you caught us at the tail end. Yeah. That was yep. great. Me and you and your And, and then your we talked to kids for, you know, because that that's part. the mode I'm in right now. So let's talk a little bit about that bio. Yeah. Tell me, tell me who you are, what you're doing right now. Man. Normally, normally we do the history, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like what the background is. Mm-hmm. But I really want to start with where you do. are, what you're doing right now, and then we'll go back a little bit. Uh, it's a mouthful. Uh, as my wife, my wife tells me, you need to, you need to sit down sometimes. But she's like, oh, no, you got to keep grinding. So uh, <laughs> it's funny. But so what I do now, um, nine to five is I'm the senior management analyst for the city of Las Vegas. Um, so what that means, I oversee the My Brother's Keeper initiative, which is the um, which is the initiative that was deemed during the, uh, founded during Obama's second term uh, to combat the school to prison pipeline for young men of color, for black and brown youth. But of course we impact all youth, right? Um, so I oversee that for the city and for the state of Nevada. And outside of that, I, um, I have two businesses, one, 
is my nonprofit, Pride, Pride of Joy, that I founded with one of my best friends. His name is Nick Matthews. We both founded King of Jewels together. We mentor young men across the city. Really, we mentor everyone, too. Uh, and if you, if you see, like, we have we have a contract with Upper Bound, UNLV's Upper Bound, where we mentor over 200 of their youth wow. every Saturday. Yeah, and that's fun. That's a lot of fun getting those kids going and really teaching them, uh, do some critical mentoring, by the way, critical mentoring, uh, leadership development, parents awareness, uh, there's, a, there's a plethora of subjects that we go over. Healing, because I have my master's in marriage and family therapy. Uh, Nick has his master's. He has two master's in counseling. He's working to be a counselor. I, I'm currently getting my PhD as well. Amazing. Um, so there's that. Uh, so King of Jewels is one business. The other is Unconquerable. And Unconquerable is me consulting. So I consult, and it's a clothing brand. So early on in my years, and we'll probably get to that, um, I used to style people. So I used to help people get, build their suits. And but it started at Macy's. I was helping people measuring them out, get their suits together. No way. Yeah, and then I also worked in women's fragrance, so I know a lot about women's fragrance too. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I I can't. For the record, I can't stand Chanel Number no. Five. But <laughs> Me neither. I can't. It's the worst I, smell in the world. Why do people love it? But it, it depends on the person. It, really? Yeah. So whenever people try to give you those cards, uh, never do that. If you do, put it on your skin because it depends on your body odor. And uh, depending on if it's a toilet or perfume, it it will last longer on you. Toilets don't really last that long. It will give you like an hour or two max. Perfume actually stays on you a little longer. Um, yeah, that's a whole etiquette to that. I but sorry. yeah, yeah. I feel like women wear it as a status thing, it, and yeah, it makes definitely. me nauseous. Remember that one time the lady's wearing? I'm like, oh, she's wearing Chanel Number no. Five, and I know what she's trying to do, but I'm it's throw too. Up. It's, it's a very powerful perfume, but <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's really where my that's that's what I do now. All right, so when I get booked to go, when people book me, like yesterday, I was doing an event. And that's through the LLC. That's through the Unconquerable where people can book me. I train people how to do, I build curriculums. That's what my doctorate's in is. Okay. My doctorate's in curriculum and instruction. And the program I'm in is cultural studies, international education, and multicultural education, which is the CME program. That's what it's called at UNLV. Yeah, it's a Oof. lot. <laughs> it's a lot, man. Oh, but, yeah. man. I didn't even know that part. Yeah. We're going to have to talk offline <laughs> considerably <got> <laughs> more about that part. Yeah. Um, but you just kind of just cruise right past yesterday yeah yesterday <laughs> yesterday's event you, you want to tell us what yesterday was yeah so yesterday the vice president of the united states kamala harris sorry ooh, let me not butcher her name vice president kamala harris she was in town and i had the pleasure of emceeing her event wow so i emceed her event yesterday and man getting through secret service and her staff <laughs> is not a joke <laughs> but it was an honor like I, it was over like 600 people in the room I, i've done it before like where a good friend of mine uh colin kaepernick i uh, went to college with him and so he uh he had me out in february in la and i did another group where i was doing the education session for them too so like i, I do stuff like that all the time but for the vice president, that was like, whoa. Like, I, it didn't hit me until yesterday, but it really didn't hit me till this morning. Cause I, you know, when you're in go mode, you're like trying to make sure the crowd's good. I had the crowd dancing. That's, that's, that's what I'm about. I'm about to have a good time. You rock with me, we're gonna have a good time. So, yeah, it was fun. Is there a video of this somewhere? I have to watch it. Yeah, yeah. It's on my, uh, I have it on my Instagram that I, I shared. I'll show it to you. After okay. The show for sure. Okay. I'll show it to you. Everyone was dancing, had <laughs> everybody wobbling in there. So it was it's amazing. Yeah amazing you had the vp yeah it's like that's and they just called you up they're like yeah they need an mc 
Yeah, it, funny thing is, so a couple people. Um, one is my colleague, her name is Sarah, who I do a lot of the other stuff with the podcast too. I forgot to mention that. So the, the Business Information Buffet podcast is a podcast I do with CSN. Um, they were in a meeting, her, the staff of the White House, Stephen Horsford, Congressman Stephen Horsford, and she said, they were like, who can we get to MC this thing? And I don't work there full time anymore. But Sarah was like, man, we should get Sean Tory to do it. And as soon as she said that, Congressman Horsford was like, oh, yes, call him. And they were like, let's get it done. And so what I didn't know at the time, an old high school friend of mine is on the vice president's staff. No oh, way. And said, yo, you need this, this kid right here. Like, I went to high school with him. He's a little younger than me. Solid dude. I had no clue. They didn't even tell me <laughs> until they popped up. He popped up. His name is Juan Ortega. And I was like, Juan, bro, what's up? And he was like, oh, man, no, I saw you was doing it. I had to personally come say, what's up? You never know. Exactly. The relationships you have. And he's been working for the vice president the past two years. Crazy. Oh, man. Be nice to people. Be nice <laughs> to people. Literally, the, that's that's what got me there is the relationships. Yeah. Just because I was good to people, whatever they asked me, oh, yeah, let's, let's get it done. Or if how I can help you to the best. Even if I can't do it, I'm going to get you to the person who can. Yeah. That's what. That's how I got that. Love that question. Yeah. How can I help you? Yeah. And we always talk about that on here. You know, it's about relationships. Yes. I mean, that's really how we got to where we are. A lot of amazing people. And you never know where people are going to end up. Never like you know. said, you know, working for the vice president. Man, that's that's absolutely amazing. Now, you know, I, I knew that there was an impressive bio there. Yeah. And you have already forgotten a couple things that you left out, like <laughs> yeah. the podcast. Yeah, the podcast, yeah. I don't know how you got time for all this, man, but it's nonstop hustle. Yeah. Um, when your name rings bells, like Congressman Horsford, yeah. you know, head of the Congressional Black Caucus. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, 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 we need him. Yeah. You know you're doing big things, man. I don't, and it's crazy. I don't look at it. Like, to me, I'm just like, these are personal relationships I have, right? So I don't get caught up in it. Um and I think that's the best part because I look mm -hmm. at, like, uh, yeah, it's Congressman Horsford. I'm like, Steve, come on. Though. Like, he's also my frat brother, too. So I'm just like, Steve, come on. But I know in professional settings, I definitely give him the respect he deserves. Um, but he he's somebody who's always looked after me after I first met him when he was an assemblyman years ago. Because um, years ago in 2010, uh, 2010, 2011, we were going through budget cuts. And they were getting ready to cut one of our... Uh, the center that we all go to where you, I was at the university of Nevada, Reno, and we went up there and testified. And ever since then, he's always had my back when I was, I was like 2021 20, at the time. And he's looked after me ever since. So for me, that's a personal relationship. Yeah. Mm. You know? yep. And that's what it's all about. And yeah. those relationships, you never know, you know, where you're going to connect again. Yeah. And obviously, you know, he's done pretty well. Yes. So yeah, that's always beneficial. I know you had some questions because as we were going through this bio, there were some things that stood out to you. Yeah, <laughs> like when um, you got your master's in, what was it? Marriage and family therapy. Okay, so what brought you to do that? Is there something in your background? Yeah, so my parents did divorce. Um, uh, I come from a very interesting dynamic where my father's from Athens, Georgia, okay. big country family. My mom's from Oakland. Uh, when my grandma's from Louisiana, she went from Louisiana to Texas, then migrated up to Oakland. Um, my parents got divorced. Uh, my dad was in the military. He's in the Air Force. Came, he came to Vegas because of the Air Force Base. My mom did Job Corps, worked at the Harris Casino. So she's been there, still there to this day, like been there for 35 years, was there 
couple years before I was born. But um, long story short, my parents got divorced, and when they did get divorced, me and my mom were homeless for a while. And when we became homeless, uh, a woman by the name of Miss Martha Wooden, she embraced us, and all my mom told me is that that's my god-grandma, and she embraced us. Really, it was just a woman she that worked um, trying to get us assistance, but she took us in. Wow. And me and my mom shared a room for like four or five years. I didn't have my own room again until like middle school. And it sucked. Like sometimes I'm like, man, I just want my own room so I can sleep. And then I sleep on the floor. Sometimes I sleep in the bed. It it, it sucks sharing a, a bed with your mom, man. It's something you don't talk about. But my dad, he lived in Summerlin. And he lived in the good good neighborhoods. And I was on the west side or the north side of Las Vegas. So growing up older, not understanding, my mom always loved me. My dad did too, but me and my dad's relationship was very rocky. We're great now. Uh, because as an adult, I, I really did that. I thought I wanted to help others in that way. But really, I did it for myself. And I didn't realize that till I was going through the program. Wow. Um, I needed therapy more than me giving somebody else therapy. Sure. And uh, I was good at it. It was great. But there's the business side of therapy that I don't like, like dealing with the insurances and dealing with uh, dealing with the insurances and then also learning when to cut a client off. So that they're not depending on you, mm. because at some point a client will develop an attachment for you, and you have to know when to let that client go wow. for them to grow. And that's the part that really hurt because I'm like, I'm seeing. And at first, I didn't want to see kids; I just wanted to see couples. But naturally, teenagers were wanting to see me, and at that time too, I was in. I was mentoring. Um, as as an, I was an advisor mentoring these kids from the same youth group that I joined when I was in high school, which was under my fraternity. The youth group is called the Alpha Men Divas of Tomorrow. Uh, my fraternity is Alpha Phi Fraternity Incorporated. And uh, that youth group saved my life. I was finally around another a, a bunch of men who had great careers, councilmen, lawyers, doing all, like showed me a different side of life that I didn't have to go in this other direction. So took me on my first international trip to Grand Turks and Caicos at 17. Oh, it was crazy. I had a great time. Amazing. Amazing time. So I was advisor for that youth group. And then I realized, like, you know what? Being a major family therapist isn't for me. A mentor is for me. And when I said that, they were like, looking at me crazy, like, you can't make no money being a mentor, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, you really can. You can do a lot. It, it But mentorship is so narrow-minded yeah. that people don't see the possibilities. Because of mentoring, I work for the city now. I create I create programs for them. Uh, my nonprofit, we get pay, they pay us to go to UNLV Upper Bound, and that helps us fund the other things we do for the mentees. That's actually in King of Jewels too. So, this the, the sky's the limit. But yeah, well, you said that that group saved your life. Yeah, saved my life. Tell me about where were you headed when that group came in? Like what, what was life looking like at that time? So life was a little rough. Uh, my neighborhood, there was a lot of people who was from 6-0, a lot of Crips. Uh, and I, I never joined, but I was cool with all of them. And I was broke. <laughs> so I wasn't, and I wasn't at the, I wasn't at the age where I could legally work. So I was just doing side jobs where I was friends with one of my, uh, one of the apartment, uh, son's maintenance guy and he would do side jobs painting houses so i was going doing that for during the summer just to make some extra money under the table uh, but there was times where i was moving taking stuff from 
get it aired just to get bucks and it wasn't the right way i ended up getting jumped and after getting jumped i was like yeah this ain't for me <laughs> where i'm in the streets and all that wasn't for me so i was like i'm good i'll just stick to the books and academic but i really didn't have purpose i didn't well i didn't see it at least but this youth group really challenged me and made me critically think about where am i going to head to where am i going to go i so i started thinking about that but at the same time i was in this modern literature class a woman named Mrs. Montavo gave me this book called The Power of the Myth by Joseph Campbell. Changed my life. Wow. And that gave me that book and the book The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. Yeah. Those two books cracked, like broke me out of the belly of the well and uh, really woke me up and really made me see like, oh man, I was very materialistic I, because I was a product of my environment. All I saw was the money, well, the cars, this, that, the third. I, I didn't see past the 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 materialistic uh cave that everybody else was in that there's more than just that there's more to life than that and i'm so thankful that's those three things happen at the same time getting those two books and joining that youth group and that youth group challenged me to learn poems and really connect that to my personal life to where even now i'm still using those same poems and, and sharing it to these young these young folks out here so oh, yeah that's how I got there. So it's the same youth group. Same youth group. Now you get to go back and contribute to yeah. that group. So I did, uh, and I left that youth group in 2019. Okay. So I, I was I joined it when I was 15, and then 2019 was the last year. I was Because I got all the way up from advisor to the executive director. I was the executive director of this youth group, but it got to a point where, on top of that, started King of Jewels like in 2015, 2016. But it was that, King of Jewels only served young men at the time. Alphabet Divas of Tomorrow was both young men and women, but it was drastically different. King of Jewels, I was getting all the kids that nobody wanted. All the kids who were locked up at Spring Mountain mm -hmm. and Caliente. I was getting all those kids. And then my business partner, Nick, he was getting all the gear up kids who were college prep ready and we married them together. Wow. That's what we did. And so that these other young gentlemen, like, hey, man, you have the potential to get there too. Like, not even just that, but where do you want to go? So. Alphabet Divas of Tomorrow was very different. It was very much go to college, go to college, go to college, or go to the military. This, we just cared about you as a whole person, where you headed. And um, it got to the point where I couldn't do both. And I, not only that, I've been a part of this youth group since I was 15 years old. It was time for me to grow and depart. And I knew at this point, the youth group reached a plateau, and it needed to go further without me. So I said, you know, this was the hardest decision I had to make. Uh, but thank y'all, uh, thank y'all for the years. It was time for me to grow up and be a man, essentially, at that point, and step away from the safety net that I knew I always had. If that makes sense, yeah. I, I would look at that a little bit differently as well. Really? Okay. Yeah, I would say. I mean, it takes a, a strong leader mm -hmm. to know when your time, when it's in yeah. whomever you're leading, yeah. when it's in their benefit for you to move on. It was. And that's a tough that's a tough thing to give up, yeah. right? Yeah, Especially when you're in that position, you could have stayed there very easily, I'm sure. Yeah, they, they they didn't want me to leave. That was the other thing. But mm. it got to the point where my two daughters are getting older. Kids are always at my house, and my yeah. wife. It was all cool, <laughs> but it got to the point where this group is not going to grow with if I stay here because I'm enabling certain. The kids were growing, visor wise, they all got comfortable because it was easy for them to do their part. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. But it was time for me to step away and someone else to leave. And when I recognized that, and it's because of my mentor, he gave me the 20, 21 Laws of Leadership. He gave me that book. John Maxwell. John, yes, sir. John Ooh, Maxwell. Great book. And that woke me up. 
too from my leadership style because I'm very non, I'm not micromanaging, but I see the strengths in people and I, I play it to the advantage. But when I read that, I was like, oh, dang, it's time for me to step away. And when I talked to him, I was like, it's time for me to move on. He was like, you should have left last year. Oh, wow. That's what he told me. Wow. He was like, you should have left last year because it got to the point where he passed it off to us. He was like, okay, yeah, you, you did what I expected, but it's time for you to go. You, it's time for you to go. And when I left, I was hurt at first because a lot of those kids were, they felt away. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them still in touch with me to this day. A lot of them are like literally graduating from, graduate. I had a couple who graduated last year. One who's graduating from Howard this year, going to law school, another going to medical school. Oh man, I'm happy. Aww. I can't, can't beat that. Yeah, that's gotta be fulfilling, yeah. man. Deeply fulfilling. It is. Mm. You look like you were ready to jump in there for a second. I think I forgot what I, I was going to say. I said a lot. I know. No, no, that's good. No, I mean, Adam said, he goes, there's a lot about his background yeah. that you kind of learn on the hike, right? Yeah. But I didn't know any of it. And then that, your master's stood out to me. I'm like, intuitively, I'm like, there's more behind this. There is. And to back to that, from my parents, my dad, and I'm going to be very transparent with y'all because the, the energy is right. My dad, whenever my mom did something, I was like this. It was he took it out on me too, so my mom caused it. And like now that I'm an adult, and I I look out, I don't look at them as my mom and dad. Sure. I look at them as male and female, and uh, with the gender date propose by the way that they they go by. I finally realized that oh, now I'm 32, 33. I co-parent, and I'm married to someone else. Luckily, it works. It ain't perfect, but it works. Like my the my older daughters mom so they actually like she loves my wife so that's the i'm in a great situation you're, you're lucky like, there i am lucky yep. like she, she you can like her more to be cool i don't care but <laughs> <laughs> but it was a situation where my da- my dad like whatever my he would pick my mom piss him off or be selfish because my mom has selfish ways too that i finally as an adult realized i was like damn um it messed me up because like he gave me a car took that away First semester of college, he paid for. He was supposed to pay for my college, but my mom did something that was messed up that didn't go to the agreement, and he was like, "Are right, you on your own?" Took my car, mm-hmm. and I had to figure it out. I was gonna come back home, and my advisor, my my mentor, Doctor Reginald Chin Stewart, he said, "You done crying?" I said, "Yeah, I'm done." He's like, "Are right, you ain't going nowhere? You already work for admissions. You gonna go apply downstairs? Are you gonna go upstairs? You gonna apply for another job?" And then you got to get a third job if you need to, but you ain't going nowhere. And I'm so glad that he did that. I worked three jobs at UNR to get through. And I, I got done in four years uh, and all that, but still getting through that to my parents. For years, me and my dad had a strange relationship because of that. But I also was mad at my mom because I was like, why would you do that? You made a selfish move that impacted me. Fast forward until when I got divorced, um, I'm starting to get back on my feet. As you know, a divorce kills. That's another death. People don't talk about. Yeah. But when um, I got divorced, I got I acquired debt that wasn't mine, but I had to deal with it. Dealt with it and finally about to get up on my feet. Uh, I had a Beamer at the time, too. That's how good I was doing. I had a Beamer. I went out of town for some business. I let my mom drive a Beamer. My mom never had a, she's never had a foreign car before. I was like, all right, drive my Beamer. Just take care of it. She took care of the gas, all that. Somebody smacks her totals the car oh no i was like 
dang, I'm going back home. All right, got, got gap insurance, thank God. Fast forward, she got a settlement check, didn't give me anything. Yeah, so I'm back in debt. No. <laughs> yeah, back in debt. And like, you know, I forget what mom said. Like, but the, the sad part was now meeting my new wife. Well, I didn't meet her. We knew each other for years because she was also in the same youth group as I was. She was just a little younger than me. Really? Yeah, she's like four years younger than me, but we both came through the same youth group. Oh, that's amazing. Crazy, right? And so. Well, well I, yeah. I, yeah, I want to hold, hold up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what do you think? I'm sure you guys have talked about this. Yeah. Like, there's got to be some common thread there with that youth group. Like, yeah. is it like the, the other people you're around? Is it the mindset that mm -hmm. it promotes? Like, how did you guys connect based on that? Well, I, it's crazy because when I would come back home, like, because I met her my senior year in high, high school and she was a freshman and I didn't pay much money to her. She was, you're a freshman. I'm a senior. I'm, I'm leaving. But I would come back home, help them with step practice because we would step and stuff. I would help out. And then I gave the graduation speech. She went off to Coppin State. She went to college out in Baltimore. She come back home. Her the, the crazy connection there. As I'm an advisor, I came back and became an advisor after graduating. Right now, her younger sister's in the youth group, and I mentored her sister. No way. Yeah. And so crazy, right? And so then I know I know her mom, her stepdad, all of them. So she would come pick her up. Oh, what's up, Sean? What's up, what's up, Jazz? You good? Oh, cool, cool. you you had the family already. Yeah, I already <laughs> had the family. They already knew who I was. Like my mom knows her because when I left, when I left uh, the youth group and went to college, my mom became an advisor of the youth group too. Okay. Oh, wow. And so she knew Jasmine already too. Fast forward, so we already knew each other, but we didn't know each other like that. But it was funny because they set us up. Um, one of my old advisors was like, "Hey, Jasmine's back home." She should try to see if she uh, wants to be an advisor. Now I'm like a year out of my divorce. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll talk, man, we, you know, we do need some advisors. I'll think about it. So one day, she, like a couple days later, she like, 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 like all my pictures. And I was like, oh man, I just talked about you. Let me hit you up. Jasmine, what's up? Hey, you should become an advisor. She was like, oh yeah, I'll think about it. But anyway, how you doing? I'm like, oh, okay. It's one of those. You, you lured me in there. I got you. She lured me in. Not mad about it, right? Not mad about it. And we met. Uh, we officially went out to PT's pub, February fifteenth, two thousand eighteen. Oh damn! Sat there for four or five hours. Now keep in mind, this is after the accident. All this happened. Oh wow! I didn't have any money for a date. I took her to PT's because I knew that at least I could pay for her to eat. Um, oh, I paid man. for her to, and it was cheaper. So I, I was broke. I didn't, you know, you don't let all that though. But she was down to go to PT. She's down to earth like that. She ended up paying. She was like, do you got lunch for tomorrow? Like, are you eating? I'm like, oh, no, I'm not eating. But she caught the hint. She's like, all right, I'm buying you lunch. I'm like, no, oh, you're not. So she heart. bought me lunch. Yeah, she bought me lunch. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm man. ready to cry. I was going to say, I'm yeah. going to cry. <laughs> yeah, she bought me lunch. And then, um, yeah, man. And when my daughter turned five, she bought my daughter a whole basket and said, hey, tell her this is from you. But it's, tell her this is from you. Didn't tell me she was doing it. And I was like, what? Okay. Aww. So then at this point, I'm in church. Come on, now a month goes by. Yeah. That's right. So now I'm in church by myself. And I'm like praying. I'm like, you know, at this point, losing friends. God, whoever's meant to be in my life, just present them. Five minutes later, hey, Sean, I'm here at church. I see you. I'm like, what the hell is Jasmine <laughs> in the back? Well, she's I like, hear you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I always going to this church. I'm like, okay, let me pay attention. Something, God's trying to tell wow. me something. But you know the crazy part? After our first date, she was the first woman, and I could just be transparent, that I didn't want to just sleep with. 
Mm-hmm. I just wanted to really grow. I get it. With her. You, you get were what in mean? the right space. I was in the right space. That's the first woman that I ever was like, something's different about you. Wow. Let me let me not mess this up. Right? <laughs> let me not mess right? this up. <laughs> and so literally six months later, um, kept it, kept transparent. I was like, oh man, let's, you know, I'm 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 growing some feelings for you. She's like, oh, me too. <laughs> and we went out and uh I asked her to be my girlfriend like August 5th, 2018, and been together ever since. Proposed to her on my birthday when I turned 30 in 2020. She thought she was surprising me. I surprised her. I love her. I love your face. It's so lit up as you talk right. about her yeah, and man. your relationship. It's beautiful. <sighs> That's because I did the right thing, I think. Uh, she was, we, we, we became friends first yeah. before. It's, it's still to this day. I remember my ther- our therapist told us, we were in a year and a half of therapy, by the way. We did therapy a year and a half before getting married because she was also married before too. Okay. Mm. And we've been together for five years going on six, but we married for one. And uh, one of the things that our therapist was like, man, are you guys afraid to stop? Like, stop? we were afraid to stop going to therapy. And we didn't want to, we didn't, we wanted this to be it. This is the last marriage. Our therapist was like, your foundation is already set. You guys were friends at the very beginning. You still have your friendship. It, whatever your foundation is through those hard times, you will have them. That's what's going to get you through. And I was like, man, you know what? You're right. I got wow. you. And got married in Jamaica. I got her the wedding of her dreams. I bought her that expensive ass ring that she wanted. <laughs> Cause when I was broke and had nothing, she was there. Yeah. So literally she seen me go from getting out of debt, doing what I needed to growing. She, she wanted this ring. She don't ask for much. But she wanted that ring. I was like, I'm going to get it. Took me a year. I paid it off. <laughs> paid it off and uh, bought us our house literally 14 days before we got married. Oh, July wow. 1st, 2020, 20, Yeah. Bought us our house. And now we and literally got married July 15th, 2022. A couple months later, you know, she was like, all right, ready to have a baby. <laughs> Told me on my birthday, October last year. She was pregnant and we had our daughter. She's now four months on Sunday. Oh, congratulations. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, man. What a beautiful story. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Like that's if yeah, I don't know if folks believe, but I believe. But man, I was. Well, that's, I don't know. I guess I just light up naturally talk about my wife, man. She's she's literally my best friend, man. Aww. Like she she's the one who's like, I'm chill. You you go do that. Yeah, I love it. She's very chill. But yeah, I got to introduce you, dog, to her. Definitely. And she, I told you, she wants to actually. She loves. She's a very much into uh, criminal minds and all that stuff. And when I told her story, we're your true crime besties. All that part. So true crimes, all that. So your story, I told her about you. She's like, oh yeah, I need to ask questions. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's her. So she's going to flow you with questions when it, when you get a chance well, to meet her. Let's do it, yeah. definitely. Because again, like Ro was saying, the way that you light up when you talk about it, man. man that's yeah. That's, I I love seeing that. Yeah, man. I just. Oh, yeah, that's that's my dog right there, man. That's that's my that's my that's my one right there. Man, you are so fortunate to have that, and you know, I'm I'm always curious to hear how people get there, you know, in their relationships because mm-hmm. we've been very fortunate, and it wasn't be perfectly transparent. Yeah. Like it wasn't by choice. Yeah, it was like it was a forced separation. Mm-hmm. Like the physical part couldn't get in the way because cops wouldn't let it you know what i mean like but for me i always say that was the best thing that ever could have happened the way that we were separated we had to build a relationship based on emails like that's where we started and it was just talking communication and i had never done that before 
to build the foundation and then over time, like just to continue working on that. And I think I even brought it up today where I was sharing with someone, you know, I'm constantly touching base, like checking in with myself to see where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And I have someone in my partner that I can freely, like is my sounding board where I put stuff out. Like I, I feel safe enough to yeah. be able to do that. Mm -hmm. I know that she's going to give me honest, open feedback. And when I put stuff out and how she responds, like I take it, I'm like, that's it. Yeah. That's the only person that matters. Same. Man. That's all the time. Like when I talk about die hard best friend, that's it. Like, no problem. I t and my wife holds me accountable. She's the one who really keeps me humble, too. I love that. How she, so? She, uh, you know, I think probably because of her background. So her dad used to play in the NFL. Her dad played for the Chicago Bears. So he was tied into a bunch of stuff, entrepreneur, all this stuff. So she's not impressed by much. Uh. She's proud, though. She's proud of me, but she's just like, oh, okay. And not, not to shelter me down, but she's just like, yeah, I expect that. I expect greatness. Even mm. when I didn't. Before having all this, she saw the potential. So she's just like, don't forget this, Sean. Wow. Like, don't let don't let all this stuff get get you hyped. Because when no one was, remember, when, when no one was checking for you, God had you and placed the right folks in your corner. So just stay there when it comes to, she, she'll t she tells me all the time, just continue to pray for who's around you. Because the right folks will come in your corner. The people who are supposed to be there will come. And since then... It's been nothing but great, like but great people I've been interacting with since. Like I don't, I don't get, I don't worry. But like the folks I have to interact with, okay, no problem. Still give them the respect and love that I would give anybody. But I don't have to kid you in this space. You, you can stay in my professional space, but my personal space, no. Uh, but my wife holds me accountable that way. She keeps me humble that way. I love that. And the mm -hmm. fact that you said she expects greatness. She expects that's that. That's just yeah. true gritability and grit because when somebody expects, somebody especially that close to you expects mm -hmm. greatness from you, that makes you strive to be great I mean, and greater. She's a beast too. Like, that's amazing. She has her own volleyball club and she takes girls out of out of the city because she played she played d1 i forgot to mention that she played d1 volleyball that's a big deal yeah she she's not again she's no oh, joke. she's a beast yeah she full ride all that she's a beast Ooh. and she ever since her second year has been getting girls full rides wow for them playing yes yeah, she's a beast so as much as i'm busy she's busy too she just has one and she has her volleyball club she runs with her mom and psh, it's called underrated volleyball club I have to look it up. Oh, yeah. Underrated Volleyball Club. And she gets these girls, like, girls that I'm like, whoo, you got some work to do. Gets them full rides. I'm like, I don't know how you do it, but I salute you. She does it. Love it. We, you know, we love all things physical. Yeah. So resonates, you know, people who work out, athletes. Oh, yeah. I'm a firm believer that there is a very strong connection in, you know, physical performance and creating that mental fortitude. You know, it's just, there's a link there. Kind of going back just a little bit yeah. to what you said on, you know, the challenges that you overcame yeah. early on. Um, clearly, those things are formative, mm -hmm. right? And those are the things that we always try and key in on here. Um, you know, because people see your success and they're like, damn, look at, look at what he's got. Look what he's <laughs> doing. Yeah. They don't hear about those nights sleeping on the floor. Nah, they don't. You know, so I, I truly appreciate your willingness to share those things, to mm -hmm. be transparent, um, because people need to hear that part, right? They need to hear about the struggle 
and to know that wherever they are, whatever they're going through, mm -hmm. because everybody thinks like it's unique to you. You're like, damn, this is horrible right now. I'm in such a bad situation. Like whatever you're going through, somebody's already gone through it. Yeah. And there is so much more waiting for you on the other side. And there's so many other people that want to see you succeed. Mm -hmm. So I love what you talked about as far as opening up, you know, really focusing on those relationships, the yeah. people who are most supportive and continuing to do that to this day. That's a big part of what we do and constantly assessing who's in our circle. Yes. And amazing people like yourself. Having the opportunity to come on here and yeah, spend time with you, man, I'm thankful to be on the show because I see. I'm like, y'all, y'all got some, y'all got some folks who watch. <laughs> I love it. I'm honored, humbled to be on this, um, and humbled to, that Caleb introduced. He, he was like, you got to meet Adam. And when I met you, I'm like, oh my god, this dude is amazing. <laughs> like, especially not well, just you, but your wife too. That's Thank right, you. your wife too. And the, like the fact she was riding with you for that long, and you did what? All the way right yes. up to salute, man. Listen, she's got fans all over the place, man. But I'm her biggest fan, of course. And I make sure all the time, anytime someone talks about our story, I'm like, I wouldn't be who I am without her. Yeah. And it sounds very much it's the same. You're one of the, the people that can fully appreciate I, that. I can tell you for a fact, <laughs> if Jasmine Denise Tory was not with me, I would not be where I'm at. And that's wow. I thank God for that because. Since the, the the people that needs to be with you, you know, and that woman right there continues to change my life and holds me accountable and keeps me humble, because uh, she calls me Sean Christopher. Everyone's like, "Oh, Sean Tory," she's the one that's Sean Christopher. No one's ever called me my middle name but her. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Don't don't even think about it. <laughs> I will not. I will not. My my middle name doesn't ring like that. <laughs> I'll keep it under wraps. You keep it under wraps. I'll tell you later, Alana. <laughs> hey, so we'll, we'll keep it under wraps for now. But I can't wait to meet her. Yes. So we are definitely. Same. We're yeah, going to have to set this up. Yeah. And, and and do it soon here. Yes. But I have no doubt. You know, whoever is watching this show is going to be deeply impressed by what you're talking about. Thank you. Um, sharing your story. Yesterday, kind of a quick side note mm -hmm. as, as we start to wrap things up here. I was at a hackathon in Phoenix, mm. flew in for the day, totally different. I was there for a different meeting, called a friend. I was like, hey, I'm here way early. What you got going on today? You got time to get together for breakfast? She's like, oh my God, it's so great that you're here. I got these people who are here. You got to come meet them. I don't know anything about it. She says a hackathon. I say, okay, whatever. She has not steered me in the wrong right? Every time she says you need to meet somebody, it's always been a valuable experience. Show up to this event, right? And she goes up, she's, you know, tells them who she is, Janelle Jones. Oh, day, what's up, man? Oh, man, we, we, he's going to be on the show one of these times here soon, too. You need so, to connect with him as well. Okay. So, as, uh, as we walk in and she's doing this introduction, you know, uh, signing up, getting her badge, she's like, I brought a friend with me and I'm kind of like, uh Oh, I don't even know if I can be there. You right. know? And they're like, Oh yeah, cool. It starts taking my name. And a woman goes, Adam Clausen. She goes, your podcast. Oh, and I'm oh. like, you've seen it. Yeah. Like, this is just a random person. <laughs> right, right? right. And, but these are all people who are in the same space, right? Criminal justice and mm -hmm. entrepreneurship. 
this whole event was about entrepreneurship, CDFIs, what they're doing in the community, supporting especially people coming out of, you know, areas that don't always get the investment that they should. Right. And I'm like, man, perfect timing. You were coming on today. I'm like, we need to get you guys here in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Another event. Would definitely love to make that connection. Okay. I know you're promoting all things that are yeah. community driven. Yep. Um, yeah, we can that, get it. We can get it done. Let's let's, let's definitely well, set up. Time. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, you know they call you when the vice president comes. <laughs> in so we might be able to get it done. <laughs> so I figured this was this was a small thing for us to put together a hackathon and you know. Okay. Bring in some other community partners. Mm -hmm. Always just looking for ways to connect, man. Ways to contribute. Ways to give back. How can I serve? Mm -hmm. I love when I heard you say that. How can I serve? That's it. So that's a big part, man. We love having you on here today. Thank you. I'm honored to be. Thank you both for having me on the show. This has been great, man. I, it's not. I'm not used to being the, on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used to be where y'all at. So thank y'all, man. Thank you for caring to even share my story. I'm just a guy from North Las Vegas, man. That's. I'm just thankful. And Got that's it. where it's at because you've had so many points in your story where I stopped and I'm like, he could have so easily chosen the route to become a victim. Yeah. And mm. you just chose to, okay, I'll just go a different direction, I'll circumvent it, and I'm yep. going to win. And it's just so inspiring to listen you. to your story. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Appreciate you. And that's credibility. Yep. That is exactly what it's all about. The power of perseverance, overcoming seemingly insurmountable odds to attain the life of your dreams. And this dream continues and it's going to grow and it's going to get bigger and bigger. We love you guys. We appreciate you for joining us. Uh, I'm your podcast host, Adam. And I'm Ro Clausen. And Sean Torrey. You. Sean Torrey. It's been another amazing podcast. We'll see you next back here on the next episode.